1: We battled a lot. Been battle tested. It's a big thing being battle tested. And I posted it earlier today, like for me personally, God keep His hands on me because we've been through a lot. And to kind of see the record is the record a reflection of our team? I don't. I don't think so. But it is the it is the record. The only thing you can do is win the next game, win the next play, play at a high level in practice, and really grind for it because down this stretch we get to see what we made of. You know what I'm saying. And as a true competitor, if you're
0: a real competitor, guess what you want.
2: Stefan
1: Diggs, as. As he makes mention, are the Bills what their record is? Probably not. But it is what it is, and you got to keep going. Welcome back to Sports Talk Saturday, hour number two here. Derek and Evan, we're going to take you around the league in just a couple moments here. Uh, However, there was one critical omission from the uh, Booty Cheek of the Week nominations here, Evan. The New York Football Jets.
3: What'd they do this time? Okay, so either they're lying or... Or they're high. Oh, the, oh. <laughs> they're lying this, or they're high. Because I'm sorry. There's no way that a 40-year-old quarterback <laughs> could say, like, oh, yeah, he looked great out there, making some great throws. No, I guarantee you. No, no, I, no, no. It's not that. Ready? The
1: The story about him having a one-handed interception playing on the scout team defense. Fire everybody. If your 40-year-old quarterback who had an Achilles injury is playing on the scout team defense, fire them all. Fire everybody. Fire Rodgers at this point because why is he agreeing to do it? Like, I don't, you know what? If it is the greatest story of healing from from an Achilles tear, that's one thing. But if you're risking it to play scout team defense for, and I'm literally serious, the five and eight New York Jets fire him too. <laughs> I'm not kidding. All of you involved with the decision, the player, the coaches, everyone.
3: Can I just because if I'm Joe I'm, Douglas, um, I'm soiling my pants. Can I just say that even though like what jet, are you fans? Doing out there? jet fans have gone through a lot of suffering everything that has gone on this season i do not feel bad for them one single bit could you imagine if
1: he was out there and it actually backfired on him and he didn't make a one-handed interception instead retore his achilles oh my god scout would... team
3: defense everybody would be fired fire fire him now even though it didn't happen, worst-case scenario, fire everyone. The fact that Aaron Rodgers <laughs> is put on a scout team. Yeah. Scout team defense. It's scout not team like defense. He's, it's not like scout team offense. If it was like the offense and he was trying to, I don't know, try and be like Tommy DeVito, oh, my goodness. And when I say everyone, I include the quarterback who threw him the interception. Zach Wilson. Yes. Fire everybody. <laughs> Why are everybody responsible? I, I heard something along the lines. Um, because, otherwise, again, either you're all crazy and, and or on some
1: sort of drugs that you shouldn't be. Did Aaron Rodgers give everyone his DMT? Like, slip a little bit of that Ayakusa in, in, in the drinks? I, is that something that happened to give everyone the idea of, hey, let's put Aaron Rodgers out there, a linebacker.
3: Linebacker! Josh Allen is at least built like a linebacker, but he's not playing scout team defense. I will tell you the craziest thing that I've been hearing. I don't know who it was. (laughs) I saw like on a TikTok where it was like a a a guy, like kind of a well-known Jets reporter, uh, or like a guy who talks about the Jets, literally said, "If you put if you put Zach Wilson with um Kyle with uh, Shanahan." He they, he was saying he would be it's like successful. He would be better than Brock Purdy. They already tried that. It's called Trey Lance. I know. It's like, <laughs> like you 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 think that Zach, Zach Wilson is not a good quarterback? I know he beat the Bills twice in a calendar year. It was just again and again. If he was if it's a real
1: story, they're insane. But at the same point, I'm also like sure, Jan. I don't believe you. Like, yeah, Aaron Rodgers had a one-hand interception. The night after the Raiders had probably one of the coolest one-hand interceptions returned for a touchdown with Jack Jones. Like, okay. I swear, we're never going to escape the clutches of Aaron Rodgers in the news cycle, are we? We're never going to escape it. I don't know what we're going to do about that. Like we're we're in hell. We're in a football hell that Aaron Rodgers continues to be brought up time and time again. All right, Evan, let's do this thing. We we've got we've got some stuff to work on here. We got to work some stuff out. We got to go around the league. Let's get it rolling here as um as we get things around the NFL so, I do see a caller here, uh, Vic in Buffalo, asking if, uh, if you should start Love or Wilson in the fantasy playoffs. Uh, real quick, we'll, we'll go ahead. and, uh, Vic, real quick, uh, which Wilson are you talking about? Russell Wilson. Okay, you're talking about Russell Wilson. I just wanted to make sure uh, we weren't talking about uh, a player that was intercepted by Aaron Rodgers on the scout team. <laughs> Gotcha. All right. Yeah. uh, Let's see here. Russell Wilson uh, with Denver playing against Detroit. I actually like that idea uh, because of the fact that the Lions defense has not been very good consistently for the last couple of years. uh, And Russ has been playing relatively well. He's been solid, actually, all throughout the season. There's been not a lot of valleys from Russ this season. Sounds good. All right. Appreciate the call there, Vic. All right. Here we go. Why don't we start there uh, with the, with these Saturday games, uh, obviously. Minnesota, Cincinnati. Well, if you're a Bills fan, this one's pretty cut and dry. You need the Vikings to do something here, keep their playoff hopes alive, and get rid of a team directly in front of Buffalo in 10th place in Cincinnati. That would be the biggest thing. However... maybe you, you again you just need you need this for for the vikings to win and then the next game is almost a pick your poison which team do you trust more to collapse the minnesota i mean the indianapolis colts or the pittsburgh steelers absolutely you're trusting the steelers to falter more than indianapolis so i'm saying a steelers win these margins aren't really going to help a lot here there's still one team guaranteed to be in front of you but with a Steelers win, you can probably trust them to collapse with these final three games. With a Colts win, the Steelers are not coming back from this. So either way, someone is going to be inconvenienced here. I, you would probably want Pittsburgh to try uh, continuing to stumble their way through success. Both teams are at seven and six. That also puts Pittsburgh, who's got the top tiebreakers, on somehow everyone else from six on to eleven. Uh, You want Pittsburgh to get knocked out of the way. That is absolutely how this one's going to go here. Denver and Detroit. We just had a caller asking about Russell Wilson. It's a good start. Um, That said, you want Detroit to be able to pull out the victory here because Denver, obviously, in the way, thanks to a head-to-head loss to the Broncos earlier this year, the Bills need Detroit to get on the wagon here and take down Denver in any way necessary. Staying in the NFC North as we move to our Sunday games Chicago against Cleveland. Obviously, Cleveland has separated themselves from the pack a little bit here, sitting at eight and five. But that's still only one game overall record-wise. Uh,
3: when it comes to how they're looking, not only the Bears have looked. The Bears have looked solid. Solid, yeah. I'm not gonna say like good. I mean, I think right now Justin Fields is probably just playing to try and keep his job, so they don't draft um uh, Caleb Williams. Yeah, which they still might do, but I
1: still think I, if that they're looking so, is, if they're looking good to end the season, they're not going to do it. They'll yeah, sell they'll that just, number I, one I, overall I, pick to the highest bidder,
3: or or you, or, or Marvin Harrison Jr. Yeah,
1: oh my God, yeah. So again, there's a lot that they can do here, um, but one thing I would like them to do just inconvenience the Browns a little bit. That would help. That would help the Bills here. And Chicago can go ahead and continue looking nice. Uh, staying alive with their slim playoff hopes as well would be also a very nice thing here. They do have a big challenge, though, dealing with the Browns' defense. Staying in the NFC North again, why not? Uh, let's just get all four of these teams out of the way, I guess, based on the schedule readings here. Uh, Green Bay and Tampa Bay. This game obviously does not affect anything the Bills' playoff picture here. It does, however, affect the NFC wildcard substantially. Green Bay is currently the team holding on to it right now, and... At the seven seed, at six and seven, Tampa Bay also at six and seven, first place in tank division. Uh, the NFC South is once again trash, and Tampa Bay is once again leading the way.
3: I, 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 I to that caller that asked, I would not, I would consider playing Jordan Love honestly. Both like both Keith? are good matchups.
1: I'm just getting a sense that Russell Wilson, he's been consistent. That's the thing. There's not a lot of like floor that's gone on. Um, There's not a lot of craters that have happened. Jordan Love has had some stinkers. Russell Wilson has been consistent throughout the season. So it's like he's never putting up great stuff for you, but his floor is higher. And I do think that in the playoffs, you're trying to get your safer bets too. Unless you're in a situation like, say, on a Monday night, you need to go big in order to win. But Tampa Bay, Green Bay, that one does have some offensive potential here. Uh, A lot of potential fireworks. As we move on here at Houston and Tennessee, I hate myself. The Tennessee Titans once again have to tell the playoff picture for the Buffalo Bills.
3: I have to cheer for them. I know. I just the, second this is straight the worst. week. <laughs> this is the worst. Like, the second straight week that I need to cheer for the Tennessee Titans, and I need to do it again, because they play the Colts later on,
1: and it's like... Do I really need to take the team that I insult even more than New England or Miami at this point and actually have to cheer for them? I feel disgusting. I need a
3: shower. But let's be honest, right now. I'm rolling around in the dirt. This was a nice story from the Texans, but I think it's starting to come to an end. CJ Strout is listed as doubtful. I don't know if Tank Dell is going to be uh ready to go and um both uh, of them are out.
1: They they yeah. are out. They, this is Davis Mills against the Tennessee
3: Titans. Yeah. This is this Which is, is great not going to be a good Bills, picture.
1: But I just still hate myself ever so slightly
3: that uh, I have to rely on Tennessee. I don't on think on you have to root for Tennessee. You just are like, okay, Tennessee is probably going to win.
1: I I don't think that. I mean, Tennessee is also bad for a reason. I mean, they um, we could get bad will Miami, Levis. so I don't know. We could get bad Will Levis, though, too. Like it, it's an every other week sort of thing, possibly. Um, where Tennessee will just go ahead and put up another one of their infamous duds. You don't get to five and eight with by being somewhat good. No, you're just a bad team. Um, New York and Miami, the Jets, the Dolphins. Yes, speaking of five and eight teams, we need another one to pull out a victory here. I doubt that Miami puts up two duds like this in a row. I. Obviously, we need the Jets here, but at the same time, don't they, don't put your hopes up. They have the Ravens. They already helped us once. They already helped us once. I don't think we are going to have to expect the Jets to help us again.
3: They have home Dallas and then at Baltimore. And then they close could lo- home And Buffalo. then the Bills.
1: They're not going to lose realistically, out. Prob- they
3: could, I'm not going to say they're going to lose out, but realistically, they could lose their last three games of the season. They could lose four or five to end the year. Yep. Um, I, I expect
1: that they're going to beat the Jets, but obviously um, the Jets have a chance to do something truly hilarious this weekend. Uh, speaking of truly hilarious, New England and Kansas City—the <laughs> the most irritated the Kansas City Chiefs have been since Mahomes
3: has taken over. That should have been my booty cheek against, of the week against the ho- doormat. Was how annoyed I was with Chip uh, Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid on how they basically embarrassed themselves. And even Kadarius themselves. Tony,
1: the player that did it. Like don't well, line up offsides, my guy.
3: Well, I know, but I'm also getting like it. It almost sounded like people like it sounded like you can't throw the flag there. And it's like if you're like trying to be an official that's like trying to make fun, like make fun of Patrick Mahomes. It basically was like the man did line up offsides, but since that play was so awesome, we're gonna pick it up. That's what we're gonna do.
1: Yeah, like it could have been a pick, could have been an interception. Yeah. Because it, it, the flag was thrown well before Cam anything amazing close happened. close to hitting that. Yeah, but you know what? I'm okay with the fact that they didn't lose in the stupidest way ever. Um, but that said, yeah. they faced New England, and um, the reports are Bill Belichick's going to be out the door. Uh, a mutual parting of ways. Hey, look at that. Um, however, the New England Patriots could do something hilarious. Uh, I doubt it, but they could. They actually, looked, Win, an, they win looked,
3: another game in... And- get farther away from getting Caleb Williams yes there's there's
1: that there is the fact that they already helped us with uh, with Pittsburgh so sure New England go ahead do it again I'm cheering for the Titans Jets and the Patriots for the second week of a- <laughs> oh my God why did the bills have to do this to me why did they have to put themselves into relying on other teams? What are We lived this for 17 years. We, we should be used to this by now. Yes, but cheering for the Patriots, the Titans, and the Jets? Like, come on. This is where we are? This is where we are. Come on. Just beat the Cowboys so that I don't have to do this anymore. Uh, anyway, New York Giants, New Orleans Saints. Um, is Tommy DeVito the greatest meme quarterback of our generation?
3: I, I, I love the DeVito <laughs> family. It just, it just screams... <laughs> I, New York Italian. Like, they it kicked a game-winning field goal, and there's a shot of his dad, you know, kissing. You know, like, <laughs> I'm just like... That's the picture so, of the agent with the fedora, and it just... That's so he's Italian. He's the greatest meme
1: quarterback I have seen in a long time.
3: As, as someone who is Italian... And we had hefty lefty man. We have grew up with Jared Lorenzen, too. Like, come on. <laughs> this is amazing. As someone who grew up... <laughs> In an Italian family, it's just like seeing them like kiss each other on the wind. I'm just oh like, god. oh my god, that's perfect. It's, it's like just, it, it it's like as an Italian, kiss your way in, kiss your way out. All right, sorry, you got the trombones. It's
1: time, more tank division. NFC South football between the Atlanta Falcons and the Carolina Panthers. What can be said more about how bad Carolina's season is going? They continue to be the worst team in football and not have their first overall pick in order to uh, reclaim some of it. Uh, Nope, now you get Atlanta, who is also just a dumb team that manages to lose games that they really shouldn't and have no business losing. Oh, hey, also in the meantime... Uh, we're just going to irregularly misuse three of the coolest weapons that we've assembled in Bijan Robinson, Kyle Pitts, and Drake London. Sometimes they'll have pop-off games, but we're really trying to make sure we get Taylor Allagier, uh, the football more. Yeah, I love it. That's amazing. Love it. Let's do that. All right, Washington, Los Angeles Rams. We got to keep moving things along relatively speedy here as the 4 o'clock games go on. Washington and L.A., uh, Apparently, we're just going to keep the trombones going. Uh, the Rams are still very well alive in the playoff race, and they have a chance to really solidify another opportunity here. Them and a Packers, their winning and a Packers loss would put them into the seventh seed and have a chance to really uh, make some noise, come back to the playoffs one year after just everything fell off for the Rams. San Fran and Arizona, this shouldn't, this one should not be close. The 49ers. I mean, yeah, Arizona has tripped up teams a couple times this season, but San Fran once again looking like the most complete team in the National Football League, and I expect more of the same in this game. The Cardinals have three wins on the season, which is two more than I expected them to have. So I guess good for them. Uh, I don't think, though, that this is the week that they get win number four. Uh, Nope, I don't think that's going to be how that one works. Baltimore and Jacksonville in the uh, Sunday night game. That's a huge E for Baltimore as they try to continue on for their quest for the one seed. And
3: Jacksonville is three and four at home. Yeah? Gosh. Wow.
1: Yeah, they they're not doing too hot at home. But again, Baltimore has a chance to really separate themselves from the rest of the group here when it comes to it. They're ten and three right now. Jacksonville sitting at eight and five. They need to stave off the Colts and the Texans. They're only one game up on each of those teams as well. Then, of course, Monday night, we've got Philadelphia and Seattle. The Eagles hoping to uh, rebound quickly after another loss against a top contender. Uh, Seattle obviously is not one of those sorts of teams, but at the same time, they're fighting for their wildcard lives as well. And hopefully, for Seattle's sake, they can go ahead and try to rebound here after some some really major regression from their team's performance last year. All right, got to go, come back take ourselves a short segment here we'll go about we'll go over the bandits real quick as they raise their championship banner tonight at KeyBank center and then we will talk with pat malacaro before we have niagara basketball for your afternoon right here on wgr welcome back Sports Talk Saturday, Derek Kramer, Evan Squally here with you as we're here for just another half hour before we get some Niagara men's basketball on the airwaves for you here this afternoon. So, big one here today, Sabres obviously taking on the uh, Arizona Coyotes, that game at 9 o'clock, you'll be able to hear that here on WGR, but meanwhile on our sister station, what will be taking place before that, well, the Bandits' first home game of the season. And the banner raising for their 2023 NLL Cup championship. They raised the banner tonight. So make sure you're down there at KeyBank Center. Face off 730 for that game between the Bandits and San Diego this evening. And that one also, you'll be able to hear that. If you can't make it down there, you'll be able to hear that on our sister station. The bet 1520 as again...
3: I think it's also on like the uh,
1: CW. I it think. is on the CW on television, and if you uh and if you also have ESPN Plus, you'd be able to watch it through that as well. Bandits, however, coming in 0 and 1, they lost their first game of the season, 17 to 13. A little leakier than usual for what you would expect for the Bandits to be able to uh, make sure that they get things going here. But doors will open at six o'clock as evening will kick off with a pregame toast to the champs. The banner raising will start at 7.15. And all fans in attendance, they will receive a replica banner. They are also encouraging fans to be in their seats early for the ceremony today. So, can the Bandits go ahead and bounce back here? That would be certainly nice for them. As, again, they start off with a surprising in one start here and giving up 17 goals in their first game of the season however again you're hoping for the best that you can against san diego an expansion franchise from 2017 so they don't play these two these two teams they don't play very often but when they do well i mean it's going to be a rarity so hopefully though they're able to get themselves a win against san diego so like i said Key Bank Center tonight, the NLL Cup banner-raising ceremony that will start at 7.15. Face-off between Buffalo and San Diego is set for 7.30. You'll be able to hear that on our sister station, the Bet 1520. You'll be able to also watch it on CW23 as well for your televisions locally. And ESPN+, Plus. if you happen to have that subscription, you would be able to catch the NLL action all season long. All right, so 7.15. If you're going, be there at bandit land and enjoy the raucous festivities as it always is at a typical bandits game. All right. We got to keep moving here. we got to keep moving. Make sure that we're on time. We can get Pat Malacaro in here as Niagara basketball starts in about a half an hour's time right here on WGR. But before we do that, I just have my random nonsense version here of the segment and um, Evan, last week i was taking part in a charity stream that's why i wasn't here that's why uh that's why josh and tj took the reins but um i played a game that was a very fantastic party game for them it's for a lot of uh platforms you can have it you can have it on switch playstation xbox uh pc it's called ultimate chicken horse come again ultimate chicken horse come again (laughs) yes that's the name of it ultimate chicken horse and it is a platforming game where you set up platforms and obstacles. You gotta mess with your friends, try to make sure that they don't make it to the end, but you do. Uh you get points for any traps that you set that uh manage to stop your friends from getting across to a the trap end card. Part. Yes, pretty Caiba. much. Yes, pretty much. But um instead of cards, it's like hockey pucks getting shot at you or flamethrowers or <laughs> so it, it was a maddening game. I was brought to tears from how hilarious it was. So that was uh it's it's a fun little party game for in case people you know, you're bored, you're just hanging out with a bunch of people. Um if someone's got like a Nintendo Switch, for example, go ahead, grab Ultimate Chicken Horse. Evan, your hand is up. This isn't kindergarten class. I'm more so putting my hand up because yes, I have a Nintendo Switch. Oh, there you go. All right. So uh that that's that's my tidbit uh takeaway from last week. Uh Ultimate Chicken Horse. Super fun. Uh super fun time, great time. A hilarious party game. And speaking of things, though, that are parties, uh, of course, the Bandits, 7-15 for that ceremony. Get there early. Traffic will probably be a uh, bonkers bonanza. And Pat Malcaro joins us in the next segment here before we switch over to Niagara basketball. Derek Kramer, Evan Pasquale will be joined by Pat right here on the other side on Sports Talk Saturday. You're listening to WGR.
0: Subscribe to AtBat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.
1: Welcome back here. Final segment of Sports Talk Saturday. Derek Kramer with you guys for one more segment and proudly joined by. One of the coolest people of the building here at WGR and the play-by-play voice that you are going to hear in mere moments time, Pat Malacaro joining me now on the West Western Hotline. Pat, good
2: afternoon. Hi, Derek. Thanks for that introduction. Glad to chat with you here uh, right, right at the end of the show.
1: Hey, you know what? Who better to talk to <laughs> other than yourself? And uh, if Howard Simon throws anything at you, uh, make sure to have the focus to throw it back at him while calling some amazing plays uh, today.
2: Yeah, Alvin, no look pass, just over Todd Gallant's head, <laughs> for sure.
1: So, uh, Pat, of course, uh, Niagara here, 2-6 and six on the season. They take on NJIT at home at Gallagher Center this afternoon. How is everything looking, though, for the Purple Eagles as the season has been just getting underway?
2: Yeah, it's, it's been one of those things where it, there's so many new players uh, of the 11 players on the team. Eight are new to the program this year, so it takes a little time for the chemistry and, you know, that just being able to gel and it'll get there by conference play um, certainly if you only uh, saw the final score from the St. Bonaventure game I don't think that tells the story of the season And a bounce back win against Buffalo State uh, last Sunday and every team uh, in Division 1 gets to play one non-D1 school so it's not something unique to Niagara everybody will play uh, one non-Division 1 school towards their non-conference play and you know this afternoon this NJIT, NJIT team uh, is just in its fourth year in the American east conference second time they've met the purple eagles uh in the both programs history so uh these two teams kind of on the same trajectory right now trying to find that chemistry and for niagara you know trying to find it as you go towards conference play once the calendar flips to january
1: and pat obviously uh niagara like you just said there's a lot of new players there uh that They're just trying to find their way. They're just trying to keep things going here. But Ahmad Henderson being the one leading the way with the points-per-game basis.
2: Yeah, and he's just a freshman. He's only played eight games in his collegiate career. But we saw it right off the bat at Notre Dame. And, you know, it can be such an intimidating atmosphere playing against one of those Power 5 schools, an ACC school in in Notre Dame uh, with a packed building and a new head coach and a new energy. But Ahmad Henderson was not afraid uh, to take the ball to the hoop to pull up with a jumper from uh, just outside the paint. So he's a young player that's finding his way. And when you add him to players like Luke Bumbleau, who is a grad transfer, and that's another thing, a couple of the players in the starting lineup joining him on Henderson in the starting five, either graduate transfers or transfers like Yao Obeng-Mensah, uh, a senior out of Toronto who played at UMBC previously. You've got a nice mix of uh, youth and also some of the upperclassmen that can help Henderson uh, as he's figuring out his way. And also, oh, by the way, Greg Paulus, into his now uh, fifth year as head coach uh, of the Purple Eagles, he played some pretty important minutes as a point guard at Duke. So uh, that's a pretty good uh, person to learn from if you're about Henderson.
1: Pat Malacarro joining us here on the West her Hotline as Niagara takes on NJIT. In just about 15 minutes time, you'll be hearing Pat's voice taking you through the action here this afternoon. Pat, I would be remiss, though, if I didn't have you on here to ask you about the Sabres and as well as about Shohei Ohtani going to the L.A. Dodgers, we'll start there, uh, and the uh, the waves that that makes in the MLB.
2: Yeah, I mean, to me, that was the logical landing spot from the beginning. And uh, the Blue Jays made their pitch. A lot of teams made their, their pitch to Shohei Ohtani. But you really just, at least... I got the sense that he wanted to stay on the West Coast, and if it wasn't the Angels, it was going to be the Dodgers. And uh, we know the big contracts that uh, the Dodgers have not been afraid to to dish out, and the fact that there's almost all of it deferred money uh, can help the team sign even more players. So I think that was probably uh, the least surprising of the destinations for Otani, but it is eye-popping, uh, the the number, uh, the, the $700 million over 10 years, all, almost all of it being deferred, and what trend that could set um you know sure aaron Judge's already got his contract mike trout already has his bryce harper but you know what the the cumulative effect of or the trickle-down effect uh, of the next great superstar in baseball has no one's going to be like shohei otani i don't think we'll see uh in the near future someone who could be a dual threat uh once he recovers from his elbow injury but uh it is certainly uh, one of those just eye-popping contracts
1: and you mentioned though like L.A. not being afraid to uh, defer some of the money and everything like that. And what did they do? Turn around and get Tyler Glass now as well.
2: Right, and that's somebody when he's healthy, and that's always a big if and when. Uh, But if he's healthy, uh, he can be another 1A in your rotation. So maybe not this year, but in the future, you could have a rotation that sees Shohei Ohtani uh, and Tyler Glass now and then whoever else—you uh, know, Walker Buehler. I mean, didn't mention his name. Uh, somebody who's coming back from a couple of elbow injuries, but uh, when he is healthy and pitches well, he's as good as anybody in the National League. So, yeah, this is a Dodgers team that uh, could perennial, perennially be a 110-win team. Now, it, it'll be—that's uh, one thing—but winning multiple World Series would be another.
1: Pat, of course, um, with the impact on that, Toronto did make its run. And um, what would? I now I'm talking in a, in a coulda shoulda universe here, but how astronomical could that have been though for the Blue Jays, uh, even just being as close as they were in the running for Shohei Otani?
2: Yeah, I mean it would it would have meant everything. I mean that's you've got the best player in the game uh, in one of the biggest markets in North America, uh, and you know it's. It allows your youngsters, your, your, your players who have been to the playoffs but have not won the playoffs yet, maybe to, to have somebody else in the mix that can kind of lead the way as well. And, and that way, uh, you know, whether it's Vladimir Guerrero Jr. or Bo Bichette, they're all all world players. They're the best at their position at times. Uh, and Bichette offensively as much as he is um, as good of a, an infielder. So uh, you, if you would have added someone like Shohei Ohtani to that mix, you know, what it would have done to the dynamic? I think it would have just added to uh, what is an already uh, potent lineup. And, again, it would have been another year or so before he could pitch again, so you wouldn't have him in rotation. But uh, that, once you would add that to, to the pitching arsenal, uh, it would have been just even, even better.
1: All right, we'll switch over to the Sabres here before we let you go on your way. Uh, Pat, huge win for Buffalo last night against the Vegas Golden Knights, 5-2. to They now have the rarity of trying to put back-to-back wins together. 1-11 and following a win uh, as they take on the Arizona Coyotes tonight.
2: Yeah, and that's been the, the frustration, I think it's the word I'll use, is where you get these really impactful offensive outputs but then you're just not able to follow it up with anything after that as well so unfortunately that's kind of been the way it goes for the sabers
1: Pat, of course though last night it was uh, it was the zach benson game uh coolest number nine that we've seen in a little while wink wink nudge nudge but uh benson coming in with two goals and an assist dylan cousins with three points last night as well uh hopefully that's a wake up for number 24 as he's been snake bitten throughout the year
2: He has, and Derek, actually, we have the Anthem school about to start here, so I'm sorry I have to hop off. I apologize.
1: Well, we'll hear from you in just a little bit then. That is our friend Pat Malacaro. We'll hear from you in just a moment, Pat, as the Niagara Purple Eagles take on NJIT down at Gallagher Center. That's live radio, baby. That's sometimes how it's just got to go. But we'll hear from Pat in just a little bit there, as well as we go ahead and put ourselves a nice pretty little bow on our Sports Talk Saturday. Evan? Let's wrap this up. Let's uh let's send this show packing and on the way out here. You've got the bandits hoodie here uh on today. And uh obviously the bandits raising their ceremonial banner and uh a 715 for that for the uh for the banner raising. We've also got Sabres hockey tonight. Can they string two wins together in a row? And then of course tomorrow the Bills and the Cowboys which would put Buffalo in a great situation with a win against dallas and it's not a world ender though it is somewhat devastating um if things go wrong for them around the league starting with games that are just about to kick off in about like 10 minutes or so uh with cincinnati taking on at minnesota evan it's a hack of a weekend do I know. you think we get all three check boxes are we greedy today or are we settling for two and if so, what too? Do we need the Do we need the Colts to lose? Is that what it is? Steelers and Colts is pretty much who do you expect to collapse better? And yeah. I expect the Steelers to collapse better than I do the
3: Colts. So I think if we can get Indy a little bit out of the way, that'd be beneficial. I, I the Titans are going to find some way to screw it up. That's probably what if if banks I hate it. <laughs> I know it's just. <laughs> It's going to happen. I feel like that's just what's going to end up happening, is that the Titans are going to find a way to tighten it. And and lose to Davis Mills. Lose to either Davis Mills or Case Keenum. Uh, Why do the Titans exist? Why do the Titans exist? Because you exist, and they're the bane of your existence.
1: I guess so. (laughs) Every David needs their Goliath, apparently. Minus the Titans, stupid, terrible uniforms, terrible franchise history, terrible playoff win against Buffalo, terrible, dumbest team to exist. All right, how many boxes do you think get checked off here today from the Bandit Sabers and Bills uh, for the weekend? I'm 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 going with uh, probably two of the three, and I think unfortunately I'm gonna pick. The Bandits and Sabers to be the winners of the weekend.
3: Yeah, I think if if we're gonna, I think not only did you just beat Vegas, which is always great, even it's more fun when you beat them at home because obviously everybody's gonna boo Jack Eichel every time he's on the ice. But that's
1: their first win in T-Mobile
3: Arena. I thought they won last year. Did they? Maybe. No, no, they got their teeth kicked in last year. Yeah, that was at that was in KeyBank Center. When yeah, I forgot yeah. a hat trick, I was at that oh. game. Well, let me make sure on that actually. I was literally one of the worst. We don't have enough time. I'd I probably said so. something wrong. Uh, it's fine. All right. Well, you we... always say stuff wrong. I'm just yeah, kidding. I'm, <laughs> hey, it's a, a, but at least I
1: didn't rip my pants today. So we're already off to a better start than Thursday night uh, here in this building. All right, Evan, let's get us out of here. Thank you to Brayton Wilson, who joined us earlier in the show. Thank you to Pat Malacaro, who joined us here on this very segment. You'll hear from him in just a couple of minutes on the other side when Niagara basketball pregame gets started against NJIT. For Evan, I'm Derek. This is Sports Talk Saturday. Be cool. Go Bandits. Go Sabres. Go
0: Bills. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours.